Announcement. The Hemp Revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the Hemp Revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Welcome back to The Hemp Revolution. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez, and today we are diving in with yet another hempress of the industry. So super exciting. Becca Recker is the Director of Communications for Frog Song Farm. She has a background in organic farming and permaculture design. Becca has been writing about soil health and local food access for over nine years. The author of, the author of several blogs, she has contributed to articles for Organ Leaf, Green Living, PDX magazines, as well as the following websites, Civilized Sl- Slime or Slim? Splim. Splim, Miss Grass, and Flower Town. She has been a featured guest on many different broadcasts, and now she's all mine and all yours for the next hour. Please give a warm welcome to our guest, Miss Becca Recker. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you, and we were just complimenting each other on our fall vibes. (laughs) Welcome to fall, even though I felt like summer was way too short. I know. We're doing great. I even have some nice like spicy tea in my thermos. So I'm totally feeling the fall with you. Yes. Loving it. Loving it. So Becca, another boss babe in this space here. Absolutely a treat to have you on. Love what Frog Song is doing. Can you just share with us a little bit about your personal background and how you segued into the Green Rush Revolution? Sure. So I started out, as you mentioned, in organic farming. So I worked on vegetable farms. I had a micro dairy where we milked goats and cows. And then I naturally, just as recreational cannabis became legal in Oregon, I kind of found myself on a farm that had began as a tomato farm, but it was really to get the licensing and they ended up doing pretty much recreational cannabis, totally legal. So I worked there for a couple seasons and loved working with the plants and then gradually started working in the trim room and stuffing joints and helping out with orders and things like that. So it was a very natural progression from the farm side into the cannabis industry side. So that was a number of years ago. And then as the hemp revolution began, I had some friends who said, hey, you used to work in cannabis, didn't you? And so I said, oh, well, here's the strains I love that are high in CBD. If you want any pointers, let me know. And then about a year and a half ago, they said, we really want you on this team. Will you come join us at Frog Song? And so I was super stoked to do that. Yay. Okay, cool. So what is Frog Song? song like, this is going to be a tongue twister for me. <laughs> I know. I know. Entire show, but that's okay. <laughs> it's um, become a running joke. We're like, hmm. 
the frog sings now <laughs> it's a frog song so tell me a little bit about frog song and what they're specifically specializing in i know all of the different farms have sort of an area of expertise and they you know the ripple effect of that opens up new di- dynamics inside of their business but what is frog song best known for sure so we are known for being a seed to shelf craft hemp operation So if someone said, oh, have you heard of frog songs? They would probably be, or they would respond by saying, oh, that's that family farm, right? Like they grow and make everything themselves. That's kind of the layman's story of who we are. So we're a family farm, we're on 10 acres and we grow, harvest, extract and produce all of our CBD products on site at our licensed facility. And so as you know, in the industry, that's completely unheard of to have complete control by a small handful of people, literally from the seed until we're shipping orders out to the end customer or to the wholesale customer. Yeah, we make therapeutic grade CBD products for people in pain. That's our mission. Let's make really high quality products that are really effective and consistent for people in pain. So we don't make a lot of um, novelty products or flavored things or edibles. We're like, what is going to be the most effective, most consistent, no frills, no fuss. Yeah. Yeah. Our, we're just helping to help people. Yes. Love that. Okay, good. So on 10 acres and every, you know, there's sort of this dicky dance that's happening in the industry right now where everyone's like, Oh yeah, mine's bigger than yours. And <laughs> oh my gosh. Sword yes. fight for a little while on the bridge. It's <laughs> knocked off first. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Everyone has the biggest dong, but like right. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm, I'm of a similar mindset in the sense that I believe that craft cannabis or craft hemp is really going to be on the rise here in the next couple of years because stabilizing a and quality control is really, really challenging mm-hmm. on a massive scale. Exactly. And there's right. going to be only so much time that you have before big tobacco or big alcohol or big business in general comes in and truly becomes the biggest, not the best, but the biggest mainstream Middle Earth Homer Simpson product provider, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So my question is, while everyone's sword fighting and comparing, you know, penises to pencils, mm-hmm. <laughs> how does a 10 acre artisan farm who's fully vertically integrated, not only stand apart, but survive the time mm-hmm, <laughs> where it's a very small window here before we start to be, you know, infiltrated by big business here. So talk me a little bit through about what that conversation looks like in the war room mm-hmm. for frog song. How mm-hmm. do you guys, how are you guys strategizing through or preparing yourselves to be a long-term, you know, having that stickability in your company? Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. And so I'd say there's a few things. The first is, really what my job is, which is the storytelling and day in and day out, whether it's talking to people at the farmer's markets or adding content to our Instagram, we're driving home. Here's what's happening in the industry. And here's what you need to look for by farm direct. We say it over and over by farm direct. And that's an extremely rare thing to find. And when you can, we just say, know your hemp farmer. That's kind of our motto. No, does, is that even possible? And so you're totally right that medium size independent farmers are not going to be able to compete when big money and big industry comes in. And so we anticipated that from the start. And so it was almost like a radical 
doing something that's not trying to be everything or trying to be a little big guy, you can't do that. We're doing radically quality over quantity. So the storytelling is one piece and also the vertical integration is the other piece because we have complete control over our supply. And I mean, we grew 12,000 plants this year. We have more hemp than we can possibly know what to do with right now. Like, and we're doing well and we're growing. So ultimately we'll probably buy another farm, another maybe 10 or 20 acres. So that is something we're willing to do, but only to the point that you can have a hand in your operations in an intimate way and not begin to cut corners in order to scale, which is just kind of part of the name of the game when you scale. So we're basically swimming upstream, you know, and that we will find a certain customer that sees that, that is discerning and wants that. And so our mission has just been to be really consistent with what we do and unapologetic that we're not doing this because we only have 10 acres. We're doing this because we're radically devoted to quality and you just can't process hemp the same way if you have 1500 acres or even 100 acres. You just can't you know, manage extractions in the same way or production or individual customer service in the same way. So we don't want to grow exponentially. We want, it's a family farm. There's eight of us on staff. We want to support our families and we want to have a staff that grows over time organically and comfortably by, you know, telling our story and by remaining in control of the seed to shelf process. And the other piece is we're not beholden to outside investors. We're completely self-funded. And so we really feel a ton of agency over the way that we grow and make business decisions going forward because we're the only ones as stakeholders are those of us who are actually intimately involved with running the company. Yes. Love this. And you could not have answered that question in a better way. I'm <laughs> like literally. And I, so in my work and I know, I'm not sure how much you know about us, but just like a quick and dirty, my husband and I have had about 35 years in the industry. We've, you know, been soiled to the customer, soiled to shelf or, you know, mm-hmm. cons- serving the consumer mm-hmm. all the way from beginning to end for a long time. And mm-hmm. my story starts from a patient. My own life has been personally transformed by the use of this plant. Mm, I and so I am of a similar mindset, again, I'll say, because quality over quantity made the difference. When Mm. I started to look at where I was sourcing my product from or how I was utilizing it, looking at the different delivery systems, the different potencies, what time of day or what symptoms specifically I was trying to manage when making my product selection, it was always the artisan farms that were able to provide me the quality that I needed. And Mm. therefore the quantity was always available because I am, you know, one of the 3% of people who will actively search for that quality of product. And that's, you know, I always say this to my clients. So as time has progressed, we've taken our knowledge and package it up into consulting or, you know, being a support system for the industry as a whole to rise and really set a new standard of professionalism and in the way that we are holding ourselves and supporting each other in our growth within this industry, because we are still a self-governing industry, right? You know, we are still very much the, the rule makers and breakers Mm -hmm. (laughs) right now, Mm -hmm. right now. So what I say to my clients all the time, 
the riches are in the niches. You know, you have to really get committed. And I love how clear you are in your communication about who specifically you're serving. Most people are trying to be everything to everyone and Mm -hmm. are getting lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. They want to be a yes man. Like you're not MC Hammer's hype dude, bro. Like (laughs) you cannot be everything to everyone. Totally. And if you try, you're going to burn out and you're not going to actually do any one thing as well as you think you can. Yeah, totally. Or you're scaling so quickly that you have to take on outside investors and you have to do Mm -hmm. all of these other things that ultimately make you lose control of the direction um, that you're company will uphold. The other thing that really stuck out for me, the way that you answered that question was storytelling there that I have built my entire business over the last three years of telling the stories and sharing the journeys and giving that like behind the scenes access to everyday people who are watching this whole industry explode before their eyes. But then have very little knowledge of what it actually takes to plant the seed, watch it grow, nourish it, nurture it, mm-hmm. harvest it, process it. Mm-hmm. And what, what are all of the different steps that it takes to get to your mouth, you know, before you start to feel the difference. So I absolutely love that. Where are your main points of distribution right now? Are you primarily so, in Oregon or have you guys national or what are you, how are you doing? We that? are gradually, we're in that awkward teenager moment right now of transitioning from like a very hyper local to kind of a dappling nationally. So we have probably, oh, I'd say 60 or 70 wholesale accounts. Nice. So, and they're pretty much all independent businesses, grocery co-ops, body workers, spas, and things like that. Um, And so they pretty much find us one by one or by word of mouth. We don't push hard on wholesale because our main approach is direct to consumer from our Mm -hmm. website. So we have our web store. Fortunately, we're a CBD company. We're still riding that wave of that being totally kosher. So yeah, I'd say the large, large percentage of what we do is straight from our website to the consumer. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Love direct to consumer. That's a lot of the work that we do too. And many of the companies that we work with have been successful offline and are Mm -hmm. trying to navigate their way to making the online transition. So many challenges with running an online business. Yeah. Such a crazy animal to, to tame. What are some of the key challenges that you guys are consistently having to manage in your business that you may attribute some of the slow growth to? I know that that some of that is intentional, but I'm also not stupid. Like I know that like every single CBC company, 10 times our sales and we are able, even with the quality control we have right now to 10 times our sales, you know? Yeah. So what are the glass ceilings that you're hitting with? Uh, you know, a lot of it is challenging in advertising. Uh, So I have tried probably 20 different ways to run very creative, very along with the rules, social media ads. They're always rejected. Appeals always rejected. Um, And so it's maddening when I see CBD companies. I'm like, I know that's a CBD company. We all know it is. And they got an ad through. It's just, it's like a shot in the dark, you know? So that's been a barrier um, to the point that we're like, let's pivot and wait and see what happens with social media. It's just so frustrating because I've run other businesses and I've seen what social media advertising can do if done effectively and done smartly. And so um, that's a barrier. 
I'd say beyond that, it's just the CBD space online exploded so fast and so many companies dumped a ton of money into SEO and into, you know, web content. And so a lot of the best keywords, everything's so saturated right now that in order to really tap into any of those major search intents, you have to kind of be parroting a lot of the content that's already out there. And so it's frustrating as a storyteller wanting to tell stories about the farm and the relationship to the plants and this individual testimonial that's still moving about this person and their family. And really we have to be talking about what is CBD? Is CBD legal? You know, like very kind of rudimentary beginner stuff in order to be ranking on search engines. And so just as a storyteller in me, like that is frustrating. But we have an agency who we work with, who we just love, who does a lot of that work for us in terms of all our analytics. And so since we've hired them about eight months ago, we've been really happy with the results in terms of more organic traffic coming to our website. So I think it's just with SEO, you have to have a really solid team and you have to be patient because it's like growing a garden, you know, it's like you can plant something now and you have to like give, you know, the algorithms time to realize that you're a major player, you know? Yeah, totally. We have been successfully advertising online for both content communities and products for the last three and a half years. We've gotten, you know, our page has gotten built up to our, our social media platforms, over a million followers. We've impacted over 50 million around the world. And it's, I can't, I mean, I'm still rendered speechless at that gut-wrenching, like butthole puckering feeling of when your entire <laughs> social media platform completely disappears off the face oh, of the web because oh, you like God. said something or did something or posted something that wasn't right. And you're like, Oh, mother of God. <laughs> yeah, it's so oh, scary. God. It's like, it's like, and I see this all the time. People are like, build your email list because you don't own your social media. Like, and it could be ripped away at any moment. And I'm like, oh, that's so. Oh, no, uh, it's so true. To reckon with. Yeah. I've personally experienced it. We've had our social media page taken down three times and successfully brought back up. And, you know, I just stick with the, I'm, I'm originally from Northern California. And so I'm like very much immersed in the culture of cannabis mm-hmm. um, from mm-hmm. for a long time. And I'll just say, it's all about who you know. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's online, offline. It's all about who you know. <laughs> you call the right <laughs> Betty at the, yeah. who's in the right mood at Facebook and they're going to help you out. Thanks, Facebook. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it does take a, an investment of time and money and you know, a minimum of three months is how we work with people because we know that anything that we put to work right now, we're not going to see the full fruit of the labor until 90 days in, you know, so that's a, that's a lot to, to risk in the meantime, Mm -hmm. like, especially Mm -hmm. as a, as a, and I'm nobody big. There's, there's way bigger fish in the sea than me, but I'm proud of the impact that we're making similar to your guys's company. Like you just Mm -hmm. get proud of the impact that you make. And at the same time, I'm like, man, there's so many different things that keep the glass ceiling within reach. And I'm Mm. always figuring ways to break through that barrier. So what are some of the creative ways that you guys are educating? I mean, I can tell that that's a huge passion of yours. So what are some of the creative ways that you guys are setting yourself apart 
with the education and the storytelling right now? Mm-hmm. So it took a while, if I can be really candid, it took a while to convince some of the leadership our farm that media, especially visual, uh, like photograph and video content is so important, you know? And as someone, I'm 29, I've spent a lot of time online, I shop mostly online. I understand because I know what draws me in and what doesn't. And I know I'm not going to sit and read a long thing. It could be interesting and important, but if it doesn't have something visual for me to look at, it's just not going to work, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it took me about a year to convince them, like, we should be spending thousands of dollars on really top-notch visual content that we can use over and over that will continue to grab new people as they scroll on past, you know? And so that's what we've done is we have some great photographers. We have a video we're producing right now that's kind of like the seed to shelf story. I was just at the farm last week doing interviews. So they're doing little vignettes of each person on the staff and really bringing, as you've talked about, the people behind the product, bringing that story to life. So if you look at our social media, it's like, it's mostly pictures of flowers, hemp flowers, pictures of our team or other people who we're connected with or pictures of our products. And I'm like, that's the formula right now because those are what people want to see. Like people don't really want to read along, you know? So I think it's, I think it's a matter of offering something that's useful. And I guess that's one of like the biggest rules in social media anyways, these days is offer something useful because there's so much noise. And that's what I'm drawn to is, Oh, here's this herbalist thing where this person's talking about how I can use this specific thing. And then it feels connected to my real life instead of I'm here numbing out. Oh, and I know this is a company. I don't want to see an ad right now. So I guess trying to really honor the fact that whoever our audience is, these are real people. These are discerning people with brains and hearts. And I think you don't want to ever get stuck in this business to consumer mentality. At least we don't. don't. I want to be in like a human to human mentality where like whoever you are, friends who I've not met yet, here's something that I would like to offer you that would be useful to you and meaningful. And hey, here's a personal touch. Yes, we have to be professional. I can't be like, hey, everyone, it's Becca on our blog. You know, we've got thousands of people coming. (laughs) But it's a fine line because we want it to be personal while not being small town, mom and pop, podunk, farm life, you know. So I think that's what the balance I've been trying to strike. I love a good pop po dunk. <laughs> well, out here in Oregon, there are a dime a dozen, you know. <laughs> and I swear, also, like, the, the moon goddess, like, earthy brown craft paper vibes run so deep out here. Like, all the branding is so oh. crunchy that I'm like, I love it, and I also just can't anymore. Like, I can't. Well, can we get some cellophane? <laughs> yeah. No, not even. Not even. If it's biodegradable, great. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm people are like, you're super earthy. I'm like, yes. And they're like, you're a hippie. I'm like, not exactly. Not I'm exactly. a logical hippie. Yeah. That's I like to I walk say, the like, line. Yeah, I walk the line. I'm like, I don't want aluminum in my deodorant, but I will mm-hmm. wear you know, perfume. So. Yeah. Like I have $300 leather boots, but also I will stop in my garden to pull some kale out in my boots on the way to the show. Yeah. So, like you I, can be both. <laughs> I love that so much. Are you my soul sister from another minster? I it love seems it. so. Yeah. <laughs> this is so good. You know, I, I have been pushing the envelope with a lot of my clients on visual storytelling and I mm-hmm. call it story selling because ultimately, you know, I think if Oprah's show was only a magazine, it wouldn't have done as well. Mm. Um, 
and people today speak in emojis. Oh, I heard a statistic the other day that said you only have actually my 12 year old or my 13 year old said this to me and I could have clobbered her, but we were driving in the car and I was like, are you paying attention to me? And she was just like, I'm only 13. Do you know that you only have the attention span in seconds for the number of years that you've been alive? Oh, like, what? I'm like, hold the phone. Do you, are you <laughs> indicating that I only have 34 seconds of attention span? I do not and accept you only that. have 13. <laughs> this is, we're going to need oh. to increase this by oh 10. Oh my gosh. That is a scary thought. That's a scary thought. But she's like, look, it's right here on Google, right next to the statistic that every entrepreneur likes to use in a sales conversation. Human only has the attention span of a goldfish less than a goldfish seven mm-hmm. or less. So when you're looking at how to capture the attention of your ideal customer, how mm-hmm. to authentically connect with them and move them into a sales conversation, it has to happen quickly. It has to be attractive mm-hmm. and it has to be really, really impactful because whether or not they buy in that moment, there's like now an imprint in their brain and a visceral right. memory that you're right. creating. So is it a good one or is it a bad one? And mm-hmm. what do you want them to repeat or say about you later? So video, so super powerful. And even how you translate written testimonials into you know, verbal testimonials, you know, we've done so much with audio and visual. That's Mm -hmm. a huge part of our marketing and how we're, we are drawing more viewers in. And I think the most growth we ever saw in our business was when we started to leverage our Facebook page, which for a while in in our first hundred thousand followers was only memes. We were posting memes and pictures mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that. But the minute that I popped on and did a video and just shared a little bit about who I was and what mm-hmm. we were up to and what we brought it to life, brought the whole thing to mm-hmm. life. We grew to like 345,000 followers in the next 45 45- maybe 50 days mm-hmm. exponential mm-hmm. growth for yeah. an otherwise small company. And it's still just me and my bloke. Like yep. me and my husband running this whole thing. And like, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Just- well, I think when you're seeing, there's so many pages out there right now and like, I'm, I tend to run a little skeptical. And so I'm like, I want to know who's behind this. Is this just some troll in a basement who has a good collection of memes or is this <laughs> someone who I would be friends with and respect and want to, you know, buy from or listen to their advice or their opinions on things, you know? And so you brought it to life and I, you totally know what you're doing clearly. <laughs> yeah. People yeah, want to know you. Yeah, they want, they definitely want to know you. And I, I tell people all the time, like, they'll, they'll ask me in a dinner situation or whatever, like, oh, how come you're not talking more? And I'm like, I am talking a lot to the people that I want to give my attention to. Like, <laughs> I, I like to make deep connections. And whether there's a million people, I want them to feel like they're the only one I care about. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that we really encourage and strive for in the way that we're building business is that local feel on a national or international scale. And I oh. love that about Frog Song when I was doing my research about you guys and, you know, listening and, and reading some of the things that <laughs> I'm, I'm 
uh, you know, that you guys had done already. I was just super impressed. And I was like feeling really in alignment. And although there's been some guests on my show who I'm like, okay, cool. Another brand like, Oh, you're the best. You do everything. Amazing. You know, (laughs) I mean, everybody's amazing, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. has their own thing. Totally. Um, And at the same time, there's, not many people that I have been able to relate where I don't feel like I'm like telling them something they didn't know. And I think video, long story short, I think video and story selling are underutilized asset. People want to know that the people behind the product products are not selling anymore. It's the people and the mission and the passion and the purpose that bring people to you and start to commit them to your brand. We connected to a brand because of what they do, how they do it and mm. why they do what they do the way that they do it. Mm-hmm. That is the, that's, I think the new wave of entrepreneurialism. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's such an exciting moment, even beyond cannabis. I know maybe it's just my feed, but I feel like everything I'm seeing in terms of product ads lately is a lot of things that are zero waste or carbon neutral or products that are fundamental improvements in the way that I actually live my daily life. So I'm like, Oh, these people get me, you know, and the larger conversation of like environmentalism and climate crisis, all these things are connected, you know? So it's not like there's this world thing happening out there and here I am on my computer. Like we're not going to feel great for much longer about just buying things one by one on Amazon and having them come in a plastic package onto our doorstep. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, here's something that if you want to emotionally connect with your consumer, like connect with them on many levels where, Oh, we care about the same things. And here's a tiny way of me extending something to you of value in that way where, okay, this thing's going to come to you in biodegradable packing peanuts and it's in a glass jar on purpose because we don't want to, you know, we're sharing these oceans, like connecting with people in that way gets me so excited. And I'm like, who are all these rad entrepreneur chicks making all these shampoo bars and reusable cloths (laughs) and things. I'm like, whoever you are, like, take my money. Take all my money. Subscribe. Take my money and my phone number, bitch, because you better call me on Friday. I know. Night. Can we be friends? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm that girl on the screen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, hi. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hi. I caught your vibe and I'm feeling it. So. I know. I love when I'm around town because in Portland we have some, you know, influencers and bloggers and I'll see them and I'm like, I'm like, I know them and I've used their recipes, but should I say hi or should I not say hi? And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to say hi every time. (laughs) It's definitely happening. You don't walk on the street and expect to walk past me and not get a, hey, how are you? Totally. I would expect that. (laughs) (laughs) Final question that I have for you. And I think that we've brushed and touched on it a little bit, but I want to just get like super committed to it because the people there's two different types of people I think that listen to my podcast regularly the ones who are already in business and looking for those mini tips and tricks that will allow for exponential growth and then there's also the budding entrepreneurs as I like to call them who are just trying to figure out what are the opportunities how do I navigate my way through how do I even get started in this whole thing so bridging the gap between the two because there's quite a bit of a significant difference between owning and operating an existing business and considering what your entry point is. Mm-hmm. What are some key pieces of advice that you could offer the two groups as they're considering getting in or as they're trying to navigate through these inevitable challenges when looking at growth? Well, I would say 
For those who are just getting started, I would say spend some real time getting super clear on your value proposition. What are you actually offering to the market, to your end customer that is of value? You know, everything is going to be built off there. You can have the best marketing plan in the world, but are you selling something they're going to want to buy over and over? Or are you selling something that is just adding to the noise, you know, so get really clear on your value proposition. And if you're not super clear, continue to refine it, get mentorship, get coaching and refine it until you have something that when you talk to someone over dinner and mention it, even if they're not as interested in the topic, they're, they light up. They're like, Oh, that's creative or interesting or solves a problem or, sounds really exciting you know get that dialed first because the whole story is going to come from that that would be my first and foremost and i say that should be a continuous process even as you get further into business it's going back to the heart what is our value proposition what are we contributing of value because that is going to build brand loyalty more than anything else in terms of folks who are really already on the grind and looking for little tips and tricks that's a tougher one because the way that everyone runs their businesses are so different. So I can only speak to the way that we run our business. And honestly, I mean, again, I think so much is about quality and in whatever ways you can tell the story of what makes your offerings different and what makes your offerings alive, you know? So as you said, products don't sell, people sell. So even if you're, doing a little bit of storytelling or showing your face on, you know, social media or have good video content, invest in a good, you know, who we are video that splashes across your, you know, social media or pop on like you do, or I do onto your Instagram and say, Hey, this is us. Just wanted to say, hi, thanks for being here with us. Tell us what you want to know. How, how can we better serve you? Add just some humanity to it. I think any, if Nike or Adidas did that, it doesn't matter what size your company is. Bring some humanity to it. I want to see that as a customer. I think other customers want to see it too. Oh my God. That was not a short answer. <laughs> no, that was such a good, who cares? I would have listened to you for 10 more minutes because it's just, it's such real value to be able to hear these things. And from the insider's perspective, people who are, you know, I, I ask this question to everybody and everybody answers it in a different way. Some people talk about, you know, the individuals who are running the team. Some people talk about the team as a whole, you know, and I just love to hear, I'm like taking notes myself because I want to hear things that can bring immediate value and that I say that we have three jobs as a business in this space or in any space really, but particularly in this industry when we're brand new, we're still figuring out, you know, what is, we're still chartering the map, right? Mm. How do we, how are we going to get from point A to point B? Where the fuck is point B in the first place? Like exactly. we're just, <laughs> everyone, everyone's <laughs> at the same place. Just some are a little bit further ahead in the boat race or, or behind, you know? So to me, there's no wrong answer, but I believe it's my opinion that we have three goals or three things that we should really be focusing on every day, especially if we're direct to consumer. Number one is to capture the attention of the people that we want to serve. And the only way to do that is just a second. What you said is to be laser focused on who you want to provide your what to. You mm. can have a service, you can have a product, you can have, you know, something tangible or not, 
But no matter what, if you have something that you want to share or sell, you have to know who it was created for. Mm. Who are you creating this thing for? And what are the key characteristics that in fact make them human? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? What do we naturally subscribe to? What are our limiting beliefs that, that would put us in the pursuit of happiness? People don't buy because they are already in pleasure and they want more of it. They buy something because they're in longing. They have a yearning. They have a need that they're looking to fill. And so finding a language and some sort of human aspect that connects to that humanity within ourself. Mm-hmm. We are human beings, not human doers. Mm-hmm. And by the time that we slow down enough to focus on the things that we are doing that are making us feel and be in a specific state, that's where you find the sweet spot of the problem that you are directly wanting to solve with a product or a service Mm -hmm. um, uh, Mm -hmm. or, or business archetypes. So really get committed to the person that you want to serve. What's Mm -hmm. the language that they're speaking? How do they self-identify? What are their major pain points right now? And how does your product or service solve that particular problem in that formula? you will find the answer to the story. What is Mm -hmm. the story, Mm -hmm. the unique selling proposition that you can come up with that will start to capture the attention of the customer that you want to serve and Mm -hmm. be in love with them. Mm -hmm. Understand Mm -hmm. them on such a deep level that you can consistently capture and keep their attention. Mm -hmm. Second is connecting authentic connectivity Hmm. and this is an a lost art i believe especially with the infiltration of social media and digital digicom connection i think that authenticity in our connection is a lost art and Mm -hmm. there it takes a certain kind of someone and a certain kind of something to be able to transfer energy through a computer screen and mm-hmm. to feel like the arms that you have are wrapped around that person that you want to serve. Mm. Everyone's looking for a hug. Oh. I see, I see the zombies walking around like this, <laughs> you know, oh. and everyone needs a hug. Oh, okay? I and feel you so hard on that. <laughs> I have cuddle puddles all the time. Like I'm in a very high touch community of friends. I'm like more touch will just heal all the shit. <laughs> all the shit. And I'm telling you, that's what people are searching for in social media. Mm. They're looking for the touch. They're looking for the connection. They're, mm. you know, everyone's attention, everyone's vying for the capture and they want to skip this step and take you straight to the sale and the conversion. Mm. But if you spend time, energy, and money connecting with the people who you are capturing in the process, I guarantee you that you're going to see more of your advertising dollars Mm -hmm. actually come back to you on an ROI Mm. and your return on time invested is going to start to shrink and you'll be able to make those quantum leaps because you have the backing of your community. Now it could be global. It could be natural national. It could be local. It doesn't matter how big or small, but the, but if you imagine yourself as a pebble dropping into a pond, you'll never know how far the ripple can go until it hits the shore. 
Mm-hmm. So you just be willing to take the time and energy and put the resources towards creating that authentic connection through storytelling, through visual imagery, through exclusive access mm-hmm. to things that other people would otherwise not see. And then finally is the conversion. I like to say how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm. And if you take your time in the first two steps, it will not be a matter of you asking for the sale, but more so of how you and I have been talking about our experience in in buying. We throw our money in the direction of the people that we are in captivated by or that we are connecting to that that mission that movement that we feel like we're a part of something greater and we're like where's my where's my goddamn wallet this lady yeah just (laughs) Just feels so much bigger than us and we want and need it becomes a need to be involved Mm -hmm. really focused everyone's so worried about the conversion but Hmm. if you really focus on the capturing of the attention of the people that you ultimately want to serve it's Mm -hmm. not everybody honey Mm -hmm. it's it's the somebody that you want to serve and there's key characteristics that you can identify and then having that authentic connection with them will carry the sale all the way through and they'll be asking you how can i how can i work with you instead of you having to continuously push products or services down their throat. Right. In a loud world, this is the way to quiet the white noise and become the only solution for the biggest problem that they have. And that, my friend, is how you experience exponential growth in Mm -hmm. both your impact Mm -hmm. and your income. Mm -hmm. I love it. I feel like you, you just hit on something, which is really there's so much wisdom in going deep and not wide. And going deep doesn't mean limiting your audience or limiting your potential reach. There could be millions of people who are that somebody depending on how things scale over time, but you still, regardless whether you want to end up serving a thousand people or a hundred thousand or 10 million, the same story goes. It's get really clear on who your people are and get really clear on why you want to connect with them. And I feel like for me, if it were me building my own company, I would want to reach people who I relate to. So I would build a company that is coming from an initial heart place because it's going to be so much more fun to do the work too. Yes. I'd be serving a whole heap of sister wives. Right. <laughs> like, That's the dream. <laughs> come on, ladies. It's a moon dance time of year. <laughs> Let's go into this turtle lodge over here. Oh my God. <laughs> it out. No. <laughs> yes that that is exactly right so thank you so much for your amazing time and attention and the incredible work that you're doing in your community we will be following your journey closely i will be making my way out to oregon actually we're going to see a few of our artists and manufacturers who have bridged the gap between mainstream and sort of that like craft paper wrapping Mm. model she has incredible her the name of her company is medicine flower and she's opening we're helping her develop her white label process and she already has distribution in the Wynn Las Vegas, Bellagio, Luxor, Mm. like all of these mainstream Mm -hmm. hotels, but she's using 
the fundamentals of craft medicine. Yes. To come into those spaces. So I'm really excited to come up there and see her. Would love to come out and see you guys while we Please. are it would Please be something. Yeah. Look for my calls on Saturdays because you're in my new tea, morning tea company. Love right. you. <laughs> and um, do you have any final words for our audience before we bounce out today? I mean, I would say stop by frogsongfarm.com. If you need to try some CBD, we have a 30 day guarantee of satisfaction. So you can use the code benefits. That's benefits with an S to save 10% on anything on our website, any order over 50 bucks, and we'll ship it straight to your door anywhere in the US. Amazing. And we'll be sure to post all of the links around the blog here. We're going to do a full scale blog on you guys as well, highlighting some of the points of conversation. And there are many from this interview here today, you guys. <laughs> so make sure that you check out the blog and you can find all of the links and websites to their social channels and follow the mission of Frog Song dot com so that you can follow what they're doing in their company and in their community. Thank you so much for tuning in. And for those of you guys who are running existing businesses or are considering jumping into the river of the green rush, check us out at the emeraldcircle.com for more information on how you can accelerate your growth and success inside of the CBD space. If you are a patient looking for the best products, go to frogsong.com, use the code benefits, or check us out at medicalsecrets.com for more information on how CBD can work for you. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show. Thanks for listening to another rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to the emeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.